Welcome back to another episode of RMLD's Current Insights. This is a podcast where we have a special guest uh, each session, and we talk about vital issues or things that affect uh, RMLD, and more importantly, how we take care of our customers. Um, you know, we uh, we serve four communities: uh, Linfield Center and North Reading, Reading, and Wilmington. And uh, as usual, I'm your host today. My name is Greg Phipps. And uh, today we have a special guest. We're going to be talking about solar and uh, Tom Olala, who is an integrated resources engineer at RMLD, is going to be part of our conversation. Uh, so, Tom, you know, we, as we normally do in the very beginning, you know, just uh, so our audience can get a sense of who you are, tell us just a little bit about yourself. How did, how did you tell us about your role at RMLD and how did you end up there? Thanks, Greg. I'd be glad to do that. Um, I've uh, been an employee at RMLD for about 10 years. Yeah. However, I moved to Wilmington shortly after I got married and I've raised my family here. So I've actually been an RMLD customer for almost 40 years. Oh, wow. So I'm quite familiar with the <laughs> Reading Light uh, and I have thoroughly enjoyed my, my time here as an employee. Uh, my title is Integrated Resource Engineer. Mm -hmm. So in that role, my primary responsibility is acting as a key account manager yep. for our largest commercial, industrial, and municipal customers. Exactly. Yeah. I also act as a project manager for special projects, such as acquiring and managing large assets like engine generators, backup generators, mm -hmm. and yep. energy storage uh, assets such as uh, batteries. Yep. Uh, these are typically located at our substations. Um, but I do also work quite a bit with our residential customers, uh, primarily through setting up and managing our energy efficiency programs, mm -hmm. um, such as uh, rebates for heat pumps, EV chargers, and solar panel systems, which will be the focus of today's discussion. Today's discussion, yeah. And you were also on our Citizens Advisory Board, right, before you started working there. Exactly, so, yeah. Before fact. Before I became an employee, I, I served as a volunteer representing Wilmington um, at, the, at the Light Board, and I did that for probably three or four years. Three or four and years. I really got to know the organization and the managers, and at one point it made sense to join full-time. Why not? Be part so, of the team, yeah. So yeah. it's it's been a... A very good adventure. It has been, Tom, and uh, I think I've uh, both uh, as a RMLD fellow employee, but also uh, supplier to RMLD. I think I've known you for almost all those ten years here. So it's, it's been, true. It's you were one of the fun. first people I met there. You're right. <laughs> it's exactly <laughs> right. And we're making those and uh, your uh, key account role. We uh, we met with uh, heck. We met with most of the top twenty. I think uh, early on, which was kind of fun for both of us. But today we're going to talk mainly about solar, Tom, as you mentioned. And um, so if you think about uh, primarily from the residential but the industrial commercial side as well, um, you know, as, we, as they think about solar, what are some of the factors that they should consider as they, as they contemplate the possibility of putting solar uh, on their premises? Uh, probably the top three factors to consider is, uh, first of all, your longer-term plans for the home. If yep. there's any likelihood that you might move away in the next two or three years, it probably doesn't make sense because it's a, a longer-term investment in the home. 
So um, that's certainly an issue. Second thing is probably the roof, the condition of the roof, the actual mm-hmm. shingles on the roof. Yep. Um, if they're more than, say, 12 or 15 years old, they probably should be replaced first and then replaced and then install the solar because both of those products, the shingles and the solar panels, are typically uh, warranted for 25 or 30 years. So or, or I, longer. Ideally, you want to do them together. Yeah, and before you get the other one, Tom, I, mean, the, I think the other thing for people to remember is that the solar panels sit on brackets, but they sit on top of the shingles. Right. They, they don't replace the shingles, for the most part. Right? Correct. There, there are some. In fact, there's a lot of evidence that they actually protect the yep. shingles, so Still they'll the extend the life of the yep. The panels, the shingles directly under them. Yeah. But um, so that's a, a big condition. Probably the last thing is the orientation of the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, for solar panels, uh, for optimal performance, you want the panel facing directly south. So if you think of the, uh, uh, the points of a compass from zero to yeah. 360 degrees, 180 degrees is straight south. Mm-hmm. So that's perfect. But uh, even facing directly east or west still uh, works uh, pretty well, and and that's what you strive for. And then the other issue is shading. If you have any large trees that could potentially cast a shadow on the roof or on the solar panels, that's not optimal. Yeah, because, uh, you know, the way so solar panels work is the sun shines on the panel, and, the, and then there's a, a reaction that generates electricity. So if they're in the shade... Not as much, not, not as, as much, much. generation. Um, going back to the the orientation, Tom. So it sounds like what you're saying is, um, you know, large expanses uh, ideally south, but you mentioned you know if the ridge line, if the primary ridge line is north and is north and south, right. then you've got a panel on both the east and west side, and that works pretty well too. Uh, it sounds yeah, like absolutely, that can work just yeah. fine. So what happens is the panels on the east side would get the morning sun. And the panels on the west side would get the, the afternoon sun. So between the two, uh, neither one is getting uh, max sun all day. Okay. But between the two, between it's two still yeah. still a very viable situation. And, and most homes are some mix of that. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So that's what you end up with. And, and that's one thing that the solar contractors can really optimize is early on in the process, they'll analyze your home and figure out what's the best configuration for your particular roof. And in some cases, they might recommend removing a tree or two to mm-hmm. improve the performance, yep. but that's you know a case-by-case. Case. Yep. Every lot's different, every house is a little yep. bit different. Yeah. So can I just ask a question about sure. trees? So what if there's like a younger tree? Like, Do they recommend, like, um, like as the tree grows, is there like maintenance that comes along with that's certainly a, a, a personal decision that you have to do that trade-off. Um, certainly having trees that cast a, a, a nice shadow over your roof in the summertime is good in that it keeps your roof and your home cooler cool. in the yeah. summer. So that's a positive thing. But if you put solar panels in there, that's, that's so you, it's a trade-off between the two. And most cases arrive at some. In fact, uh, I'm going to talk about my solar system on my home and we have a large maple tree in the back that casts great shade over our deck and part of the house and that's worth more to me to have the shade than to increase the performance of the system. Trade-offs, right? Yeah. Depending upon your individual situation and what you as a homeowner value. Exactly. Yeah. 
So, you know, Tom, it, it sounds like, you know, you kind of sets up uh, a discussion we should talk about, about, um, you know, the experts, uh, solar installers, et cetera, coming in and making recommendations. But, you know, uh, MLPs, municipal light plants like RMLD, they're a little bit different. Um, the incentive structure is a little bit different. The rates are a little bit, are significantly lower. But there seems to be a lot of misinformation about people installing or not installing in MLP territory. So, you know, I don't, just talk a little bit about, you know, what's really happening because it seems like there's a lot of misinformation running around. And help us clarify. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, you're right. There, um, there are a number of very large solar companies mm -hmm. that operate across the whole United States. So uh, several of them have a sales policy that sort of is all structured around one size fits all. So they have a generic mm -hmm. approach that they take to every home, no matter if it's in Arizona or uh, Maine, New Hampshire. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't really matter. So um, and because of that, because it's such geared toward high volume, they really only focus on the largest utilities, the national grids and the ever sources. And to operate with very small, in their eyes, uh, municipal utilities like Reading Light, they just choose not to. However, where the confusion comes in is some of their sales folks are not, have come up with strategies that, to them, it's easier to just say, oh, uh, Reading Light doesn't allow solar. So that just ends the conversation. Right. They don't explain the details of that's not in their business plan. As opposed to saying that we don't work right. in that territory. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, clearly that's not true. We yeah. encourage solar and we support it in a lot of ways that we'll talk about. We'll talk about that. And yeah. I'm glad you said that because when we're at community events, I will have a lot of people come up to me and say, why don't you allow solar in our <laughs> yes. territory? So it really is rampant. That it is. There's a lot of that out there. A lot of miscommunication. So for those that actually want to explore the, the concept of putting solar on their roof, Tom, kind of uh, walk us through, you know, just big picture, the steps um, that they'd go through in terms of considering and maybe deciding to put solar on their roof. But how do they get started? What, what should they expect? Sure. Um, probably if we were to boil it down, the, probably the top five steps, the basic okay. steps in the process. The first is to solicit proposals from a number of uh, solar contractors mm -hmm. or installers. Um, and if you're, we recommend, because it is a, a, a large, it can save you money, but it is a large upfront investment. So you want to get a range of proposals to pick from, like buying any large purchase, a car or a house, you, you don't just buy the first thing that comes along. So um, we recommend getting three or four of those quotes. Mm -hmm. And if you're not familiar uh, Reading Light, we can provide you with a lit with lists of eight or ten companies that have worked in our territory before. It's not required that you use anyone from our list, and we're, we're not mandating who and to not, buy from here. Not making recommendations. Exactly, just, just like any, have experience. Any product you can decide on your own and decide what makes sense for you. It's a good starting point. But yeah, that at least gives you uh, several to choose yeah. from. Um, the second step is to uh, review the proposals once you have a few in hand. And really, again, like buying any large purchase, what's the cost, what are the benefits, and how, do they, how does their proposal fit in with your longer-term plan, mm -hmm. timing, savings, et cetera? Um, and then step three is if you're decided on going ahead and you want to do the project, you sign a contract with your 
chosen uh, contractor. Um, and then from that point, for, fortunately for the homeowner, the contractor really does the bulk of the, the work, the right. heavy lifting. It's their responsibility to obtain any permits required from the town, uh, as well as submit a design package to us, to Reading Light, which is re reviewed by our engineering folks to yep. make sure it complies with all of the safety and performance requirements. Safety being a critical piece. Yes, absolutely. Good, yep. So, um, and step four would be after uh, RMLD yeah. approves their plan, yeah. we give the contractor approval to install the system. So from there on, the contractor um, coordinates the inspections of the system and the per permission to operate letter from, uh, from us once it's all done. And that, that's really the process. Then five, the, the last step in the process is really just wrapping up the documentation to apply for and obtain the, uh, the rebate from us, which is a substantial part of the savings. And then after that, once all that documentation is submitted and approved, uh, Reading Light cuts a check to that customer, and they're off and running and making their own solar power. Exactly. Hey, Tom, I want to just, just because you talked about incentives, et cetera, I want to just change the order of our, the topics we want to talk about just a little bit. But um, on the incentives, you know, um, since you mentioned in, in a moment, and then we'll get back to your experiences. But um, just, you know, if you could highlight for our, our, our viewers and our, our listeners, you know, what sort of uh, incentives do we have in place for residential and businesses from a solar incentive perspective? Uh, yes. The uh, program we have now is structured around a one-time payment, uh, which is uh, calculated at $1,200 per kilowatt. Kilowatt mm -hmm. is the uh, nameplate power rating of the system. If you see the, the rectangular panels on a roof, the typical solar panel, those are nowadays around 400 watts. Yep, 400 watts per panel. Yep. Per panel. So basically, every two and a half panels, uh, Reading is uh, contributing $1,000 toward Perfect, the yep. project. Yep, yep. And that works out to about a third of the project cost, typically. And then the federal government kicks in another third as, as a... Uh, discount on your as a credit on your federal taxes. So as a homeowner, it is still a significant investment, but you're really only paying about a third of the actual cost of the system. As you mentioned, significant, but those incentives right. are in place. Now, as you know, Tom, and just to share with our group, you know, we, we collect um, dollars from our customers for the uh, efficiency um, fund. Um, and electrification, we call it EEC, but it's a small number. It's uh, either four tenths or now it'll soon be um, five, uh, half, a, half a cent a kilowatt hour. And, and we try and manage those to maximize the benefit to our customers. So we're in the process of reshuffling um, how we use those dollars, the customer dollars. We give them back to the customers, obviously, through these incentive programs. But <clears throat> just let, the, let our audience know that we're making some changes to the solo one in particular. Yes, uh, we've uh, recently decided that the uh, incentive that we pay as of March 1st, so in a, a month and a half or so, mm -hmm. we are going to uh, reduce the amount of the solar rebate from, it has been $1,200 per kilowatt for the past two or three years. We're uh, cutting that in half to $600. So um, it has been pretty much the highest uh, solar rebate in the state. 
But even at half of that, at the new amount, it's still, it's still significant. Still one of yeah. the best in the state. So it, it yeah. still makes these projects worth doing. Yeah, at least considering, absolutely. But uh, especially since the federal 30% has kicked in, that kind of makes up the difference. Exactly, right. So, yeah. the, the, so the, that, the, that's what we just felt that was better use of our efficiency program dollars is to take some of that money that was going to the solar panels and use it on some of our other programs like heat pumps or electric vehicle charges. And, and the other thing we're looking at, just so our audience knows, is uh, uh, you know, modifying or increasing our weatherization program. Yes. So, yeah, so we're, again, always trying to encourage you know, the customers to, to encourage them to, be, uh, uh, to electrify, but also to be as energy efficient as possible, and the weatherization comes into the efficiency piece. So, Tom, you know, kind of you know, jumping back to the, you know, uh, your experiences, right? So, you know, as Julie mentioned earlier, right, you know, you have been on, uh, you've been, you mentioned, right, you've been a customer for many decades, Citizen Advisory Board, um, part of the RMLD team. Um, but, you know, you, you, put, you, you, put, you put, put the expression, put your money where your mouth is. So you actually, uh, you've done a few things, right? One is solar and, and air source heat pumps. But talk about the solar experience you had. And an e-model customer. Right e- exactly, <laughs> yes. My, my home, uh, the engineers at work do uh, tease me a bit that my home is like a, a trial balloon. Yeah, a trial balloon, yeah. yeah. We, it, and I'm proud and happy to say that now it's a fully electric house. All of the heating and cooling is electric through heat pumps yep i just bought an electric vehicle so i'm oh, charging i'm charging my car <laughs> with electricity and as of a year ago we just finished the first year of uh, of the sol- the operation of our solar yeah, system been about a year okay so that doesn't cover our full load but it takes a good chunk it probably saves around 30% of my electric bill good so that works out to roughly 6 700 dollars a year um so uh, it's definitely a nice payback, and considering the my out-of-pocket cost yeah. for that system was only around eight thousand dollars. Out of a total system oh, cost, the uh, total system was twenty-eight thousand. Wow! That's... So, so the my portion should be recovered in ten or twelve years. Yep. That, so if you think of the simple payback period, yeah, that is typical. Some, you know, depending. There's a lot of variables, but. Typically, it's in that range. Anywhere from eight to twelve years is, is very common. And then you mentioned you uh, you have uh, air source heat pumps in your house as well. And those yes. Do, so you've got actually a couple of years of experience of air source heat pumps. Yes, the heat pumps have been in a while. I haven't purchased oil in probably four years, so that's a wow. good thing. Wow! <laughs> oh, pretty exciting, Tom. I'm glad, as uh, you know, as we say, right. Hey, I think these programs are good. I'm going to try them myself. And uh, as a Wilmington yeah. resident you, uh, and an RMLD customer, you get to do that. Um, yeah, we always look at Tom's bills for analyses <laughs> or guinea pig. <laughs> you could be like this. Yeah. Uh, so, Tom, you know, we talk about solar, and, and that's, I think that gives our, our audience some good perspective. Um, you know, we often look and consider storage, um, battery storage, um, energy storage systems. Just talk a little bit about that. I know it's still, it's an evolving technology, but just, you know, share some of our experiences so far. Yes. Um, uh, batteries can definitely improve the monthly savings for a solar system. Uh, and the reason that happens is obviously solar isn't 24 hours a day. So yeah. you still need to power your home in the dark at night. So one way to do that is to oversize the solar panels so they, that any extra power they produce during the day 
gets stored in a battery, which is in your basement or your garage. Yep. And then that night, the energy from the battery powers the rest of the house. So that's that's the concept. That's and the concept. It, it works very well. And we have probably 25 or 30 homes with both uh, solar and uh, batteries in our territory. Um, so it, it definitely uh, can be effective. However, the, the batteries... Prices are improving, but it, it's still an expensive addition. Yeah, yeah, I think that you bring up a good point, Tom. Right? Um, <clears throat> there's the there's the convenience, there's the environmental aspect, but from the economic perspective, um, you know, part of the good reason or part of the benefits of being an RMD customer are our cost of energy, our rates, um, the average monthly bill are very low. And in this case, you know, we're, you know, <clears throat> whether it's a storage system or a solar system, and they're both different, as you've mentioned. Um, but they're basically displacing buying power from RMLD. And if it's already low, it's just a longer, as you yes. say, a longer, go ahead, a longer payback period. Yeah. In fact, that goes back to the, uh, the misinformation issue of the large companies. Um, yeah, go ahead. Actually, it's more difficult for them to sell in our territory because our, our electric rates are low to begin with. Exactly. So if you're, if you're in a, an IOU territory and paying twice as much, you have more potential savings. So it's it's a, a trade-off that there's yep. less to save to begin with, but, you know, they're paying twice as much for all their power they're using. That's so, correct. So that's that's a benefit. But, and, um, yeah, go ahead. The, the, the batteries are definitely uh, good, and they can improve your savings month to month by preventing um, your system from exporting power back onto the grid that we give customer credit for that, but it's at a, a reduced amount. So if you you get the best bang for your buck by using all of the solar power you generate within your own home, not selling it back to us Agreed. per se. Yep. Um, so, but however, because the batteries are still so expensive, yeah, it really can add another ten or $15,000 to the price and just doesn't uh, pay for itself in a reasonable time, time frame. frame. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, and it goes back to your comment you made earlier. What's the time horizon? Yeah, batteries tend to extend it out because it's, they're expensive, and the and the displacing, relatively speaking, inexpensive energy. From exactly, it does. And um, one additional benefit, however, uh, is that if you have batteries in your system, if there's a grid outage, like unfortunately over the last couple of days we had some outages in Wilmington mm-hmm. because of the storm. Yep. Um, if you have batteries as part of your system. Your house keeps on going as long as there's uh, solar it's energy the battery, in your yeah. battery. So yeah. it gives you the ability to, to run in an off-grid mode. Whereas if you only have solar panels, unfortunately, if our grid goes out, you're, you, you go out, even though the panels are there. Yeah, just a, from a that's a electrical safety connection perspective. Just yes. Not to get into the details with our customers right now or the, or the audience, but, yeah. Again, it's all about safety for our customers right. and, and the RMLD team. So, Tom, it sounds like the, the program's been pretty successful, right? You, you've got a good experience, but kind of going to, uh, you know, the topic of, you know, how's, uh, you know, how many solar installations do we have in our territory? You know, kind of order of magnitude, um, you know, how big of a program is it? And we've talked right. about, you know, the payback period takes a little bit of time because our rates are low, but there's still systems out there. So, you know, how many, yeah, roughly? Uh, believe it or not, some customers have had these in our territory for 10, 15 years. So it's it's been a long time coming, but... The, the rate that they're being added has definitely ramped up quite a bit. So right now we have around 
250, 280 systems in our territory total on residential homes. And then another 20 or 25 commercial buildings with larger systems on their roofs. Um, And for the past few years, we've seen steady growth that every year we add another uh, 40 or 50 homes. So it's uh, about a 20% increase in in the amount of homes. That's a pretty significant number. We add all of those... uh, solar, you know, mini solar generators up, it, it equates to about, about 10 megawatts of power, which is getting to be substantial, uh, considering our peak load is around 150 or so. So yeah, it's, 150, it's getting 70, better. depending upon the, the year, et cetera. Right. Yeah, exactly right. So can I just piggyback yeah. off of a point that you made? So you said that we've had some customers that have had them for 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. So when it comes time to replace those solar panels, is the investment less if you already have solar panels and are replacing them as opposed to getting a um, new system? It, you could uh, reuse some of the uh, supply equipment, the inverters and the wiring, but like any product, if it's if it's 20 or 30 years, it's probably not the latest and greatest. And in most cases, they pretty much... Uh, you know, recycle that equipment and install new equipment because software changes, you know, efficiencies do improve. Connections. Have so we seen that yet where people oh, are yeah, replacing? Oh, yeah, yeah. We've seen, we've seen that where they're uh, replacing existing systems. More commonly, someone will put solar panels on one portion of their home and then they'll put an addition on and they'll come back and add additional panels to that same system or they'll They'll put up a, a barn or a garage and, and want to add more to it. So we've seen a few of those. We've seen a few of those. Thomas, it's been a great discussion. I think our uh, the audience has learned quite a bit about you know how we look at solar at RMLD. Um, <clears throat> if they want to learn more, they should call the main number. Um, they'll eventually probably get connected to you or part of the IRD team. But uh, I think it's been helpful. And you know we're going to shift gears here to the portion of our our session. I'm, uh, this is the the mail bag. Yes. <clears throat> and Julie, I'm let you do the mail bag. Sure. Yeah, so please. just one before we close the book on solar here, um, we've done webinars on solar too. So oh, um, yes. customers yep. can look on our website and get you know more in depth information. And um, we're also in the process of adding solar case studies to our website. Mm. So those are helpful as well. So we have a wealth of resources beyond um, the wonderful information that Tom was able to share with us. Okay. So back to the mailbag. Um, Typically, we look at emails that our customers send us, um, and we ask those questions. But our mailbag has been a little light. Light. So this is a call to our customers to send us. (laughs) Some of the questions have been redundant and um, answered in various discussion. So I thought it would be fun to ask a fun personal question (laughs) instead of something from our, we think it's fun. Let's see if you think it's fun. So our question for you, Tom, outside of your work at RMLD, what is a hobby or activity you're passionate about and how do you think it's influenced your professional life? Outside of RMLD, I can't imagine that. If there's anything. (laughs) No, that's uh, that's an easy one. I, uh, I I've always played a lot of tennis. Tennis yeah, is yeah. kind of my thing, and over the years I've played a lot competitively and socially, and it's 
Um, it's a very social game, like golf and, and other activities. But uh, through the tennis community, I've definitely met a lot of people who have become very close friends, and some of them are actually very close professional connections that started out as tennis but ended up working for them or with yep. them or, yeah. or, or helping them out uh, from a professional level. So, uh, so um, that is, is definitely a big part of my life and my wife and hopefully my, my grandkids will take up that as well. Mm. And you do talk shop at tennis because you'll say that you're – Tennis friend was talking about his yes, EV charging. I, yeah, oh yeah, so it's not me. all fun. I'm, <laughs> I'm pushing the electric way hard on them. They're sick of hearing about EV chargers and heat pumps. They're coming. Uh, they are. They they really are. They're they're, re- they're really here. So uh, we have our challenges in front of us. Uh, as uh, that means more load on uh, Reading Light, but exactly I think right. we have a good team in place that uh, is well positioned to continue to uh, provide that economically and efficiently and even through these storms. Exactly right. Well, we're wrapping up another session of our Current Insights podcast. Uh, Julie and I are glad that you were, uh, Tom, that you were able to join us today. Um, you know, I think it was an insightful discussion of solar and also a little bit about Tom. Okay. So, pleasure. Thank you very pleasure much for having you. me. Appreciate it. Thank Very you, good. Tom.